When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod! Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Well, the Capitals are at it again. They're coming back to D.C. from their West Coast road trip. And Yevgeny Kuznetsov has been scratched against Arizona, but they lost pretty soundly to Arizona. So I don't know if that was the best call or not. We'll talk about it. But joining me, as always, talk all things caps hockey my buddy coach dan what's going on man how you doing i'm all right how you doing buddy i'm doing good feeling all right so let's start off let's just do a little recap of what the capitals did on that west coast road trip what what was their uh their record on those games (laughs) so they went two and three which not when you're looking at it before before they leave for California, you're like, you know, that's not ideal. One and four, oh and five, obviously those are bad. Two and three, not great. You're looking at San Jose, you're looking at Anaheim, and you're looking at Arizona as your wins. And that that was what happened. They got a surprise win and they got some two two not so great losses. One of those being a really embarrassing loss against right now, to be fair, a red hot Arizona team that and it's just the weirdest statistic, but they beat the last five Stanley Cup winners. I believe in a row. Yeah. Like in terms of how they won the cup too, which is, I imagine may never be done again. Not because it's hard to win five in a row, but because what are the odds that your schedule would have you going up against the last five (laughs) winners of the Stanley cup? Like I'm not doing that math because I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start, but I imagine that's like near impossible. Like the percentage is just so small that that would happen and you would win all of those games. So, while it's cool stat, I was and I, I think they talked about that on Caps this morning before the Arizona game. I was really hoping 
that Arizona wasn't going to get to all five. You know, they can have those four and then, you know, Caps get the win. But no, instead they got soundly blown out to wrap up their road trip against against Arizona. So wasn't great. Not the worst road trip they could have had, but not the best. And probably I wouldn't even call it a very good one, but it's not like they're in a bad position per se in terms of their... Sorry, I did something weird on Twitter over here. I don't know what happened. Uh, they're not like a terrible spot in the standings. Like, yes, they're fifth in the Metro right now, but they're three points back of Carolina for second, and they played two less games. They've played three less games than the Flyers that they're two points behind, and they're a point behind the Islanders who they've played two less games than. So it's not, you know, they're not a bad spot even after kind of a rough road trip. So aside from the Rangers who seem to be running away with this thing at 37 points through 24 games, the the Caps are still in a good spot. You know, there's definitely a lot for this team to work on. So I don't know if it's so much the Caps are doing well or everyone else just kind of sucks. But either way, it's working out. Are the Caps in a good spot, or are are the Caps just, like, I still, I still, I've been saying this every single week, the Caps don't feel like a threat to me. Like, I kind of feel like teams going up against the Capitals are like, all right, you know, you know, well, it'll be a hard-fought game, but we'll still be able to get a win. Like, I, I, I don't know. I still feel like this Capitals team, while potentially could make the playoffs, they, um, they, they are a team that wouldn't go far, you know, they not that they would get swept come April, but uh, I don't know. It, it just feels like this team doesn't have that that hunger to, to go the extra mile. It's just, like kind of. I mean, they, they have times where they are a really good team and then they have times where you're looking at them going, they're never going to win again. I mean, with this team, and we talked about this before, when this team loses, they go hard <laughs> in terms of, like, six. I mean, they get blown out. Their goal differential right now, even though they're 12-8-2, they're over 500. Their goal differential is minus 13. It's because they win by one or two goals, but they get blown out whenever they lose. And so it's like, I mean, they're just, it's very Jekyll and Hyde with this team right now. And... You know, we're 22 games into the season. We're, what, just over a quarter of the way there? And it feels like the season just started. We're already a quarter of the yeah, way through the bit. season. We're we're just over a quarter of the way through the season. And it wow. does feel like we just started. And it, I look at it as this isn't the team that Carberry needs, right? So if you're looking at this as, like, what players can we have to, to – with Carberry to be successful, I don't think we're quite there yet. You talked about Kuznetsov having been benched. Not that I don't think it would have made much of a difference if he had played against Arizona, but we'll see if that kind of lights a fire under him. And I think he came out today and was ta- at practice with the reporters and was talking about how he's, what did he say? Oh, I read it earlier. Something along the lines of he's ready to kill somebody, but like not in a bad way. Yeah. And so it just sounds like he's just got a ton of like energy and he's excited and he's ready to go. And that kind of lit a fire under him. Has he been benched or a healthy scratch before in his career? Is this the I first don't... time he's been like, you know what, have a day off, sit for a second? If it's not the first, it's certainly one of them. Because I, I'm very intrigued to see how he is going to react to this. Because Yevgeny Kuznetsov is a guy who I feel like he doesn't really hide his feelings very well. 
and uh, I feel like he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve a little bit. Time will tell if this was a good thing or a bad thing for him, but the competitive guy that I, I think Yevgeny Kuznetsov used to be, I, I don't think he's going to take this very well. No, and I hope, well, wait. So, like, take this well in terms of he's going to be angry and he's going to pout? Yes. Or take this well in being like, screw this, I'm going to show you, and then he goes out and lights it up. And based on what he's saying to the media today, it sounds more like the latter than the I hope former. So. It sounds like he's going to go out there and be like, bench me? Let me show you what mis- you know, kind of mistake that was. I, I hope and that I, I do up. hope I do hope that's what happens. I really do. But given that this is a guy that has asked for trades in the past and has looked unhappy uh, the last couple of years, doesn't look like that. Yevgeny Kuznetsov. Like I remember pre cup run, like 2016, 17, something like that, where the look on his face uh, while they're getting ready to, to throw the puck onto the ice, he just looks like intense. Like he is going to just kill the puck the second it hits the ice like that fire i'm missing that but i feel like a guy that gets a healthy scratch when he's supposed to be one of your you know your top line center or your one of your top six guys and he gets a healthy scratch i feel like he's going to be like all right i i really want to get out of here now i hope i'm wrong i hope this lights a fire in the good way but i don't know i i kind of have this feeling that he's going to be like yeah remember how i asked for that trade i'd still like one well, I mean, there's definitely some interesting rumors that are coming out. I think it was um, was it Elliot Freeman I saw on Twitter that was saying that the Columbus Blue Jackets have had a number of scouts. I think I had a scout at each one of the Caps games or a number of the Caps games on the on the California trip. And so that will be interesting. Or maybe it was more than just California. It could have been when they played in Vegas and Arizona as well. So it could be that we're seeing some things that weren't, ha- you know, that um, – that could be happening coming up in terms of trades if Kuznetsov still wants out. But based on what I read, I can't find it, but I read it on Twitter earlier, that Kuznetsov's excited to get back in the lineup, and he wants to do well, and he wants to do well in D.C. And he's he's ready to play. I mean, if you look at the headline straight from, from Bailey Johnson of the Washington Post, the... What she put out on on X, sorry, I've been calling it Twitter because X is a stupid name. Yeah. But what she's been putting on X is that Yevgeny Kuznetsov wasn't happy when Spencer Carberry made him a healthy scratch. For the record, if he was happy or indifferent to it, that's a problem. Yeah. Like, I'd rather a player be like, you're benching me? Right. Oh, really? Well, I'm going to show you. Right? And then says, but the center says he believes in Carberry and he knows the Caps need more from him. So we'll see what happens as a result of that, obviously. And I think it'll take more than one game, but I would not be surprised if the game against Dallas, he's kind of like, you know, he's going to pull the um, Kovalchuk against Crosby all those years ago where Kovalchuk scored and turned around and pointed at Crosby. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Kuznetsov score turns around and kind of gives Carberry a look or points at him like, eat it, buddy. Bench me, look what I can do. And then Carberry sitting there going, yeah, yeah that was, that was kind of my point. Like, I wanted, <laughs> this was the plan. You're doing what I wanted this whole time, you know? So I we'll see. We'll see what happens, obviously, as we go forward. But I think, I think a, a, a it's kind of like Mantha, like a well. I was gonna say well oiled Kuznetsov, which sounds really weird. Yeah. I was trying to make a car analogy, but it just sounds inappropriate. <laughs> like a, a fired up, yeah, a, a car Kuznetsov, a fired up Kuznetsov, a, 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 
Kuznetsov, who's playing really well, is great for the Cavs for two reasons. One, if they decide they want to trade him, then he's more li- he's up in his trade value. You're more likely to get something from for from him. Or you're like, well, we still got him signed for a couple of years, and we need this guy, and so we're just gonna hang on to him, and hopefully this just continues. And it's kind of the same thing with Mantha. Like he's been playing better. Yeah. And do the Caps look at him now? And go, maybe we have something. We should sign him to a new contract. Personally, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you let him up his trade value and then you trade him because just what he's shown you his entire time here is not enough for me to go, we're going to offer that guy a new contract. I think he's doing well and you try and get that trade value high enough so that you can move him on. But when it comes to Kuznetsov, it's a little different because he has shown you that he's got the skill set. It's can he be consistent with it and can he continue to do it? He's got one year left on his deal, so he's got a lot to play for. He's only 31, so he'll be 33 at the end of his contract. He'll still probably want to play for a bunch more years. He's got something to prove, so hopefully the benching kind of works out in the way Carberry wants it to, or you and I are having a conversation about him next week, about how does his team move on from him and who takes that center line spot. And well, like I said, there have been conversations about, we had a conversation last week and about a certain Columbus player, and you know I could foresee a Kuznetsov line a trade i mean the caps eat a little bit more salary in that regard but they have the space now with backstrom on ltir and likely not playing again well with yevgeny kuznetsov back in the lineup is there anyone specific you seeing being a healthy scratch in the next game against dallas well based on the practice lines that came out today it looks like it's Sonny milano and i think he's gone if i read that correctly slash remember correctly He's gone seven games without a goal, or is it seven games? He's only got seven points in 21 games. For a guy with his skill set, you'd like to see that be better. And for a team that has a negative goal differential, although I think a lot of that's probably from the four games that got blown out. I think it's four games that have gotten blown out. He's got at least no points in his last five that I can see from the Caps website. Let's see. Let's go game logs. His last points, he got a goal and assist on November 18th against Columbus. So, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No points in his last seven games. That's probably why he's going to be sitting in the press box against Dallas. When you've got, you know, you got a new contract, one that he certainly earned. And his contract's not, I mean, his cap is not that high. It's 1.9 million. But he should be playing better. He's a better player than going seven games without a point. Not even a goal, but a point. That's a problem. Yeah, I got to stop putting a dollar on him to be an anytime goal scorer on DraftKings because he's kind of not helping my cause there, really. But uh, That's why he's not scoring. You've jinxed him. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's definitely a reason to, to kind of let him have a, have a seat and uh, sit up in the press box because that is something you want more... Um, out of the guy, but uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov get, is getting his uh, his second chance there. Uh, but a guy who's also kind of struggling on the ice, and it's kind of weird to say this, but Alexander Ovechkin does not look like himself this season. Has Father Time finally caught up to the grade eight? I'm not comfortable going there yet. If that makes sense, I think that he. Isn't getting quite the same service that he got before. 
the pa- I mean, he gets so many goals on the power play. And the power play has been garbage. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. I mean, I think he would have probably at least he's got five goals right now, nine assists. He's still tied. I mean, he's leading the team in points. It's him and Carlson, both with 14. He probably has five more goals at least if the power play doesn't suck. Probably a couple more assists. So he's looking at probably closer to 20, 20, between 20 and 25 points as opposed to 14 double digit goals. And I think that's part of the issue. I think the power play being garbage is affecting him. I think he's not getting quite level of service. Have you ever noticed, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like John Carlson's never been the best at passing to him on the power play, like stick to stick, I mean. And so there's, you know, he has to hit it with his skate or he's got to adjust it with his stick. Like he doesn't have the Mike Green level of passing Mm, where Green could put it right on his tape. And I don't know, maybe I'm just projecting off of one or two games that I've seen. But I just feel like that's what I've been, I've seen throughout Carlson's career that he struggles with that tape-to-tape passing on the power play. But I think the fact that their power play sucks is definitely affecting him. And I think if they can start to figure that thing out, then his numbers are going to go up. I mean, obviously, they're hitting the post a bunch. But I don't think it's father time. Like, he's still playing. He's still hitting. He's still he's still doing what he needs to do, and his assist numbers are pretty good. Maybe he's just trying to fill in for the lack of a backstrom. He's like, you know what? My buddy's not here. I'll get those assists. You know, I don't know what's going on, but he's done. He, he's doing something right. And if he's leading the team in points and this is not like a bad team, per, I don't know what this team is. They're not bad. They're not good. They're, they're Jekyll and Hyde. They just, it'd be different if they didn't get blown out in these, some of these bad losses where you're like, what's happening. And the power yeah. play wasn't as God awful as it is. So I don't know. This seems still weird. I still think, you know, even though we're just over a quarter of the way into the season, there's still more, Obviously, there's more to be done and more that we have to see, and it takes time. I, I mean, it taken a long time, I guess. Well, one guy we got to spotlight some of the good stuff. You know, we 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 sound like a uh, a dark rain cloud in the first couple of minutes here on what the puck, but we got to put a spotlight on Tom Wilson doing absolutely fantastic work this year. Some of the fastest, quickest, you know, skates I've ever seen Tom Wilson have this year. He looks like a million bucks and he got his first career hat trick as well since we talked last. So big congrats to Tom Wilson. But what do you think this uh, resurgence in his uh, in his play has come from? Because Tom Wilson seems to be really excelling in the Carberry system. I mean, sometimes you have that in any sport where a player for whatever reason, just excels with a certain coach, manager, assistant coach, um, positional coach, that kind of thing, where they just click. And I think with Tom Wilson, I think some of it is just his age and the amount of time he's been in the league, and he's kind of coming into right in the, what is he, 29? Yeah, 29. (laughs) So he he turns 30 uh, at the end of March. And so he's right in kind of the middle of his prime, right? We say prime years are like 26, 27 to like 32, 33, maybe. Obviously, it varies depending on the player. But I'd say that's probably a fair assessment of what a player's prime is. And I feel like he's really coming into the prime of his career. And he's another guy that I wonder, like, if this power play wasn't garbage, like, what would his stats be at? What would Carlson's stats be at? Where would, you know, Strom and... Milano to an extent like where would these guys be at in terms of their stats if the power play wasn't such crap 
Well, all right. So if you've got Alex Ovechkin, you've got John Carlson, you've got Tom Wilson on your first power play unit. I know where you're going with this one. Where's Where's the issue? If these guys are so good, <laughs> why does why I don't does the power know. play Carver's, suck? I don't know. That's Carberry's problem, and I don't think it's that defenses are necessarily stopping them. I think part of it is they just they've changed up the system, and these guys, for whatever reason, is just not clicking, or it's not clicking well enough for them to be able to score. Like I'm sure they understand it, and maybe this is something where like. It's just taken a really long time for them to figure it out. And I, I read something maybe two, three weeks ago, probably two weeks ago. It's probably like yesterday that the it, the players have had a hard time getting out of um, oh, not repetition. What's the word I'm looking for? Routine in that they've played the same way on the power play for so long that it's so natural to them. That trying anything different, it's just, it's hard. Like, you're overthinking it, which when you overthink it or you really have to think about what you're doing, it's a deficit to your team because the other team who ideally, fairly for them, you know, they're kind of playing free and loose and instinctual, and they're going to be doing everything faster than you are. And I think part of that is the reason why their power play is struggling is that they're constantly having to think, okay, wait, no, I get I get it here, and then I'm going to move there, and then this is going to happen. And by that point, you know, the puck's going the other way. And so I think once it becomes more instinctual, then this power play is going to be better, and we're going to see the point totals in terms of players' points start going up. I mean, I would like that very much so. <laughs> I think we all would. Yeah. Uh, anything else we should cover here in Caps World? Um, probably. I mean, talk about Mantha, but you can't score. I thought the the Columbus thing was interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean they're looking at Caps players, but like, let's say they trade Kuznetsov. Like, who are their centers? You got, I would imagine, given that Carberry likes to switch the lines up, but you've got Strom, McMichael. I guess it's Lapierre and Dowd, unless you get a center back in return. Or do they, you know, do they go and they make two trades? You know, you trade Kuznetsov, say, for line A, and then you trade someone else for a center. You're not going to get Mantha for a top a top you'd, six center. You'd be okay with Kuznetsov staying in the division? Columbus is so bad. I am. You're like, whatever. That, I mean, I, I'd say they're so bad. They're only five points behind us. Although they played, wow, Columbus has played five more games. We who created the, the this schedule? This who created these guys? This the Caps even haven't even played the least. Ottawa have only played twenty games, <laughs> and then you've got Columbus at twenty-seven. I think they've played the most. Let me see if that's right. Yeah, they've played twenty-seven. Like what? Like who created this? Not and it doesn't matter. The point is. Would I be comfortable? I'd rather not. Yeah, you'd rather send him out west, but I just feel like Line is the kind of guy where, like, this team needs someone to put the puck in the net. That dude's pretty good at it. Like, I'd love to see him on the team. And sometimes, you know, I wonder if where there's smoke, there's fire. Elliot Freeman's talked about the Caps being interested We in Line A. We know the Caps are interested. McClellan's come out and said it. They want a, a you know, mid-20s winger who can play in the top six and score goals. And Line A is a mid twenties winger who could play in the top six and score goals. Like you're looking at it going, checking every box. 
yeah, he fits every single need we we have. But do you want to put yourself in a position where you're that You're 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 hurting your the middle of your lineup, your center spot because you have less depth. That's what I was looking for. You has you have less depth because if someone else goes down, now what are you doing? La, uh, Lapierre was the guy you called up. Who's the next guy that can really come in and make a contribution? Especially if you need someone that can play in the top six. Let's say something knock on wood happens to Strom. Are you comfortable with McMichael and Lapierre being your first and second line centers? Has LaPierre shown enough with his call up to the Capitals that he can stay in the NHL long term this season? I don't. I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, I still feel like I want him to get some more seasoning in Hershey, but I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing for him to be on a. And they, or what you would say in European football, a mid-table side. You know, like this is a team. It's middle of the standings, probably, at the end of the season, barring anything crazy happening or the power play suddenly taken off. And I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing if LaPierre is getting decent minutes. You know, if he's getting 15 to 17 minutes a night, 14 to 17 minutes a night in D.C. on a team that's, you know, say they win every two or three out of five games, go, you know, four and one every five games, like that's a good thing for him. The problem is your depth in terms of who's like the next guy you call up, you know, everyone wants to see Miroslav come up, but is he ready? And he's also not a center. So right. what do you do there? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, he just got to the United States. Like he still needs to learn. The, uh, he's like starting the... to wake up a bit yeah, there he... in Hershey. He's, he's starting to tear it up. I mean, he's doing well, absolutely, but like he he just got here. <laughs> but let's I mean, think about this for a second. Think about after, sorry, after Ovechkin retires, your new young guns, to use the term they used so many years ago, would be likely. And I, I'm not even gonna put him in as a young gun. Like Tom Wilson's not a young gun. He'd be he'd be the he's the veteran. He's the old he's, man. He's, he's Chris Clark. If we want to do something, well, yeah, better. But no offense to Chris Clark, but like he's a better version of Chris Clark. And you're not gonna trade him. But your young guys, you've got, to an extent, line A, if you bring him in, Miroslav LaPierre, and McMichael. It's not bad from forward ranks. And what? That, is that, is that in three years? I mean, depending on the tree, you could have it next year, technically, and still have Ovechkin on the roster. Because I'm thinking, like, young guns, you want those the, the, the guys right out of Hershey and that kind of stuff, so... I don't know if you can really call Connor McMichael or LaPierre the young guns at this point because they've already been either. I'm thinking like you got to throw Ryan Leonard into that mix as well. If you're going to talk about the young guns after uh, Ovechkin retires, if we're talking about after he retires. Yes. Then ideally Leonard is ready by that point. I mean, line is only 25. So we can still call him a young gun. The point is, my point is that like, you've got guys you would have, let's say after Ovechkin retires, you've got guys that can put the puck in the net between Wilson between likely Miroslavchenko, if you bring in a guy, whether it's Line a or someone like Patrick Line, a, you know you could bring him in. You've got your goal scorers, your bigger named goal scorers in those three. You talk about bringing Leonard on, and he's you know certainly putting the puck in the net in college right now. And then you've got McMichael and Strom and uh, Lapierre, and then who knows who else is coming up? You've got a couple other young guys that might be like, hey. Me too. You know, just, just, I can't remember exactly how to pronounce his name, but like Suzdalev, 
is he someone that can, uh, or Suzdalov, that comes over and starts to, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him another, not give him another shot, but like if he's back in Hershey next year and doing well there and you see him in Hershey for a year or two before he makes his way to DC, like they've got a good pipeline of wingers and potential top six, top nine forwards. It's the it, wingers. It's the center spot that I'm a little more concerned about. Right. So I think if you trade Kuznetsov, I don't think that's the last trade they make this season in terms of the forwards. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them try and go out and get another center, especially if they're like, we're not quite sure. Lop, like we want to make a playoff push. Lapierre's not quite the guy just yet. I think he is the guy next season. And then they kind of see what they have. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. All right. So is that it for uh, caps world? Uh, I think that's it, but I just keep waiting to get a text from you or a notification on my phone or something saying the caps have acquired so-and-so. Cause I feel like this team does need a trade to kind of shake things up a bit. I kind of stop hitting this microphone when we talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens next, but uh, the caps have a tall order coming up this week. They got a couple games. They've got some players that they just are figuring out this new system and, and hopefully they get there sooner rather than later. So we're going to take a quick break and you'll get a word from our sponsors and then we'll be back with Down on the Farm. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going down on the farm. We're talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays and some other prospect news in the bunch. So, Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on down on the farm? Let's start in Hershey, where the Bears went 3-0 in the past week with wins over Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Charlotte. The Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division with 36 points, six up on second place Hartford. They're also first in the entire American Hockey League, five points up on second place Calgary. Now they'll be back at it on Friday in Syracuse before they host Cleveland at the Giants Center on Saturday. They then host Charlotte on Sunday and Providence next Wednesday. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went on a winning streak of their own going 4-0 with Whoa. wins over I still don't know how to say this correctly, but is it Tre Rivieres, Savannah, and Greenville? I really should have taken French. I feel like I would have been more comfortable saying that if I took French in high school. They are currently tied for second in the South Division with 22 points, eight back of first place Greenville. And this past Friday, Caps goalie prospect Mitch Gibson was credited with a goalie goal in the Stingrays 8-5 win over Savannah. He is the only the 16th player to get a goalie goal in the ECHL. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Also occurring Sunday's win over Trent Viviers was also their annual teddy bear toss game. Austin Majera's first, is it Magera's? I'm sorry. Magera's first period goal ignited the stuffed animal tossing. The Stingrays collected 14,237 stuffed animals which will be or have been donated to various nonprofits in the South Carolina low country. Also, I thought this was kind of fun. Did you catch it? The Stingrays also wore Hershey bear themed jerseys, including the style of the Jersey and the colors. I thought that was a nice nod to their AHL affiliate. And 
they have limited number left that you can buy on their website. Nope, oh, checking that out. It's $140, $160, I think, which is what I went, never mind. Yep, not looking at that anymore. Nope, all hard pass. <laughs> now, those Stingrays, they'll be back at it tonight, that being Wednesday in Florida. They'll stick around the Sunshine State playing Florida in back-to-back away games on Friday and Saturday before heading to Orlando next Tuesday. In World Juniors news, 2023 first-round draft pick Ryan Leonard and 2022 second-round pick Ryan Chesley have both been chosen to participate in Team USA selection camp. This is the first time in over a decade that the Caps could have multiple players on Team USA. That's what's going on down on the farm. And the Caps definitely have themselves a farm system. Boy, oh boy, they are staying busy and they've just they've got a great pipeline. I mean, I feel like uh, us Marylanders, D.C. people, you know, whatever. That's all people talk about with the Baltimore Orioles. I feel like we're saying the same thing about the Washington Capitals. Great, uh, great future for all the organizations around here. Really good stuff. And also, I, I'm we're not going to bring up World Juniors anymore on the rest of this show. I'm so excited to watch the World Juniors because I really want to see what Ryan Leonard can do. I'm hearing nothing but good things in his collegiate uh, career. And I know he was the hero of the U18, which I watched live. And I'm excited to see this kid play. So very excited for the World Juniors coming up later this month. All right, we are going to take another break and we'll be back with Around the NHL and Beyond. Welcome back to the show. We are going around the NHL and beyond. There's lots of movement, lots of suspensions, all kinds of stuff is going on. Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on around the NHL and beyond? Let's start in New York, where the rumor is that the NHL salary cap ceiling will be going up by $4.4 million to $87.7 million next season. That's one Pretty good player or two good players that teams can now add to their roster or keep on their roster or a couple of guys by having some more money to play with. Now, think about hold on. Think about this for the Washington Capitals. If Nick Backstrom were to officially retire and they get that nine million back and then the cap ceiling is going up four point four million, the Capitals are going to have so much money to play with next year. If you don't have Backstrom. Oh, see, I think this is including him on the roster, but I think they would have somewhere along. Even if you move on from, well, I think without Backstrom, they would have like 25 million in cap space. And I think if you move on from like who's net, well, if you have line, it goes down. They'll probably have anywhere from 20 to 25 million to play with would be my guess going into next season. Now you've got a bunch of guys you got to resign. You know, Mantha, you have to say what you're going to do, or maybe some of that money gets taken up if you trade Mantha for someone else. Aubrey Kubel, it sounds like Carberry's a fan, so you're likely going to want to re-sign him. McMichael needs a new deal. He's probably going to get a decent amount. Alexi Protus needs a new deal. Matthew Phillips, if you decide to bring him back, he needs a new deal. And Beck Mountson, who it sounds like Carberry's a fan of, so he needs a new deal. So that right there, you're probably five to six million is being taken up by those four guys. 
five guys, including Abe Kubel. Actually, at that point, it might be more like seven million. You got to resign if you want to. Joel Edmondson, Rasmus Sandin needs a new deal. As just Lucas Johansson, if you decide to offer him one, they're gonna have some things they got to take care of in house before they can go sign guys. But they got money to play with, and that's the important thing. So this team may look a little different next season. But speaking of next season, the league announced that the 2024 NHL draft will be held at the Sphere in Las Vegas. This is going to be cool. I kind of wonder what clever things they're going to have on the outside of it. Now, this will be the final draft where executives and GMs get to make the pick. What it sounds like is going forward, it's going to be more like the NBA or the NFL where the commissioner is the one who will be making the announcements for the team's picks. So I get it that the NHL wants to be more like aligned with how everyone else does it. If that's the reason that they're doing this, I thought it was fun though, when they would always have like the executives come up and then like, you know, the assistant to the assistant GM's kid and some other person would be up on stage. I wonder if they got annoyed every time someone was like, you know, thank you to the city of whatever for hosting and congratulations to whoever won the cup this past season. And then we would like to pick this player from this place. Like, it was like, come on guys, let's go. We don't need this. Like you're adding all this extra time. Let's get through it. I, I, I'm, I, I'm intrigued to see what happens next, but are we going to be able to hear any of these draft picks? If it's going to be Gary Bettman's reading off all the names, because oh, he's going to get booed a lot. He's going to get booed in the sphere. And outside uh, of the sphere, we'll just have a thing going around that says boo, and it'll just go around <laughs> the outside. That would be so funny. And they'd be like, guys, guys, come on. That's not nice. <laughs> uh, let's head to the West Coast where Vancouver did some movement on their roster. They first sent winger Anthony Bavillier to Chicago for a conditional 2024 fifth round pick. They then sent their 2024 fifth round pick. I believe it's theirs, not the conditional one. And a 2026 third round pick to Calgary for defenseman Nikita Zadaroff. Montreal signed goalie Sam Montembault to a Montembult Bayolt. I feel like it's another French thing. To a three year, $9.45 million extension cap, it comes to $3.15 million. Winnipeg signed winger Nino Niederreiter to a three year, $12 million extension cap, it comes out to $4 million. This one was kind of fun in a not-so-great way. New Jersey's Brendan Smith was suspended for two games for slashing Philly's Travis Konecti. Interestingly enough, Konecti got fined five grand for cross-checking Smith. So I guess those two kind of went at it. One of them got suspended. The other one got fined. That won't be awkward the next time they play each other. Not at all. And finally, in international news, on Monday, the IIHF announced that they will be making neck guards mandatory for all of their tournaments, including the Olympics and men's and women's world championships. That's the news for the past week in the NHL and beyond. Well, I mean, good good news for the IIHF. And I was actually, I looked into this as well, and apparently... Uh, the world juniors that those neck guards and everything was already mandatory for the younger, younger uh, players. So they're just expanding that ruling to the Olympics and, and the other international um, professional, you know, uh, tournaments. So good news all sense. around. Yeah. Good news all around. I'm, I'm glad that they're doing that. So coach Dan, is that the show for this week? I think that's it, buddy. 
All right, well, if you'd like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. You can uh, follow us both on X. You can follow me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people follow you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan, talking all kinds of Capitals-related stuff when they're playing in the Eastern time zone. It's a little, a little tricky when the game's starting at like 1030. I'm like, I'm already, I've been asleep for half an hour. So find me on there talking about Caps, Arsenal Football Club. We are top of the table. Talking about uh, other sports teams as well. The Bills, the Commanders, both of them not having great seasons. Bills are like, okay. But I think injuries and really poor choices and just unfortunate timing. I've kind of done them in this season, but I have high hopes for next year. Uh, but that's finding me on Twitter at or X or whatever this website's going to be called once it goes under in the next few months, given how many different companies are like, no, thanks. We're not paying for advertising on your garbage hate filled app anymore. Uh, but hey, if you've enjoyed this show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the fuck pod. It's where we'll post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of things related to the Washington Capitals, the Hershey Bears. Uh, Brandon, I might try to actually get up to a game over the next few weeks. I work at a school, so that means I get two weeks off for winter break. Last year, we took my son and technically my daughter, but she was like less than a year old. So No, wait. Yeah, 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 less than a year old, so she didn't know what was going on. But he did. We took him to his first game. He wants to go back again, probably mostly so he can get another stuffed animal. But, hey, it's how you get him in into hockey. You start with just, you know, go there and get stuff. And then they'll start liking it. Anyways. Oh, also, that's the time I actually finally saw them win. There you go. Yeah, Good you, chance of them you, winning. You texted me. And oddly enough, they beat the Providence Bruins last year. The game I'm looking at, also against the Providence Bruins. You, you should probably go up on a Thursday because Coco, the Hershey Bear, he has dinner with uh, people at the Chocolatier on Thursday nights from 5 really? to 7. So yeah, we did story. see him. Oh, maybe that's why. So I think we went up and saw a game on a Wednesday, and then that Thursday we saw him. Or maybe it was the other way around. I can't remember what we did now. Yeah, it was definitely. It was, no, we saw him the next day at the Chocolatier while we were, like, trying to buy swag, and then we saw him kind of walking around, and so we had to run and try and get a picture with him. Uh, but anyways, we've gotten off topic, shockingly. Uh, you can also find information on our Facebook page about the South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, and the National Hockey League. That's facebook.com slash what the puck pod. But Brandon, just a moment ago, I'd mentioned the Bills and the Commanders. If someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a podcast they should check out? You can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. Me and my buddy Josh, we talk every single Ravens game as they happen. We got a red eye review. We got a purple Friday preview. So make sure you subscribe to The Call wherever you listen to this podcast. Make sure you're social with the show. Write us an Apple podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify. And then let everybody know on all of your favorite uh, social media platforms that you are a Washington Capitals fan. You listen to What the Puck and their friends should too. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Let's go over the games until we talk again. They've got three games on the docket. On Thursday, December 7th, the Capitals, they're back home in D.C. They welcome the Dallas Stars to town. A little bit later of a start for a home game, 8 o'clock start, and that is because it is happening on ESPN. That's how you're going to watch that game. 
on Saturday, December 9th. The Capitals stay home. They welcome those red-hot Rangers to town. That game is at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. And then on Sunday, December 10th, the Capitals travel to Chi-Town to Chicago. Will they run into the new WWE superstar CM Punk at that game? The Caps are up against the Blackhawks. 7 o'clock start for that one, and you can watch that one Watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps! This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.